Hi, this is Ben from 561 Music Podcast. Right now, we're trying to get a thousand subscribers on YouTube. It just helps us get out there more. It also enables us to monetize the podcast, to make it better, do more advertising for it and things like that. Subscribe to the podcast and hit the notifications button. That'd be doing us a really big favor. Thank you very much. Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. My name's Ben. And I'm Hector. And how are you doing, mate? I'm doing fantastic. Come on, then. Spill the beans. Tell us all about what happened. (laughs) Oh, you mean Firefest 2022 in Las Vegas. That's it. Yeah, no, man. It sucked. It sucked. I can't say enough that it sucked. Yeah. I got my... when we were young, emo Firefest 2022 shirt on. If anyone wants a when we were young emo Firefest 2022 t-shirts, I need to make yeah, I need to make up some money. If anybody would like one of these shirts, <laughs> happy to sell you one. I got to make up some some lost money. Yeah, man, thousands of dollars in airline tickets. I mean, there was five of us, you know, in my family. It was my kids and stuff. So, thousands of dollars in airline tickets. Uh, hotels were jacked up in prices. I mean, the same hotel we stayed at um, the night before the whole week before that we got there um was about 60 70 bucks a night and yeah. that was like their typical rate this was the the virgin hotel which is the old uh the old hard rock hotel okay so that was their typical rate yeah. starting the night we were there which is the weekend for the festival 300 bucks a night like they were just gouging everybody ubers were like what was it like in the hotel was it okay oh it was good that was a gorgeous hotel I mean, okay. it was, yeah it was a great hotel um very very upscale very nice um I've stayed there before when it was Hard Rock, and they had all the memorabilia and stuff, and they, they took all that out now that it's a Virgin Hotel or whatever, right. so they took all that stuff out. They but just I'm, have, like, trains and airplanes in there now? No, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, they just they had just very upscale. They have, four, like, four pools and, like, all these cabanas and okay. um, just a ton of nightclubs and restaurants and well, stuff like that. I guess like that's that, a so. silver lining. At least you weren't playing. Yeah, it. I mean, it was fine. I mean, I wasn't staying, like, in a Motel 6 or anything. <laughs> I was staying in a nice hotel, and there was casinos and stuff, and we got to walk around. We did a bunch of different things. We went horseback riding at one point on so i saw that that's some, so cool yeah that was fun that was fun it was like a sunset horseback ride with some barbecue and stuff so i mean we did some stuff but i mean it was stuff we were gonna do anyways it's yeah not, it's not like uh, it's not like it replaced the festival so. no i really feel sorry for your kids so, man they yeah. were all the way out there you yeah. know they were really looking forward and to we it. were standing we were standing there about to head over and i got a text from from uh, ricky bobby yeah. And he's like, "Oh man, sorry. You know, I just realized. I just found out the festival was canceled." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, ha ha ha. The festival was canceled." You know, thinking it was a joke. How did he find out? Because they posted it on social media. Oh, like literally, like five minutes before the gate was supposed to. Man, open. he's like a detective. That and guy. so then he sent me the screenshot of the uh, Instagram from when we were young, and I'm like, "Son of a bitch!" And it was yeah. like from a high to a low because we had just gone out. As you know, we were also doing. Uh, we hit 25 years of marriage, and so yeah. we were also renewing our vows. We had literally. Just just finished that and we were like oh, on a high okay. they had taken all these photos we did the whole ceremony it was so much fun oh, it was mate. like really it was like at the rock and roll chapel it was like all kiss themed and everything it was really cool man yeah, it was really yeah. fun and i was like i was just reeling from that and smiling grinning from ear to ear you know kelly looked fantastic and i was yeah. like man this is great what? What do you mean the festival was canceled? And I'm like, wah, wah. Like, oh, just, man. just ruined the day. I've never been so, <laughs> I've never felt so bad to be right about anything in my life. Oh, man. Because, like, I, you know, 
you work really hard and you needed a vacation and I just really sorry that it didn't work out for us. Oh, yeah, that did cross my mind too, man. Like uh you you had said to me on the podcast many times, like, <laughs> I hope it's not a hoax. I hope it's not a hoax and then when it was cancelled, I'm like, damn it, Ben. <laughs> well, I don't think I necessarily thought it was a hoax. I just it just seemed a little bit too good to be true and I was like, Oh, I bet something happened. you know, I just had here's a bad a, feeling about it. Here's the thing. I don't even I, you know, we could talk about this for hours, man, but I'm I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure. Like, I, they say it was for weather, and I don't doubt that that definitely played, you know, some part in it or something. They were worried about high winds or something. But, you know, I think uh, it was Hunter Hunter from uh, Spread the Dub that made a I posted something about it was canceled for, for high winds, and, and Hunter made a comment, and he's like, high winds? He's like, that's a Tuesday in Florida. And he's not wrong. Like, we don't cancel things like that here for, for you know, weather and rain and whatever. It's rain or shine. It's whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, I it, it's difficult to know, isn't it? I mean, I suspect that they probably did have some health and safety, yeah. safety people say they couldn't do it. And it's just unfortunate. Like, Matt Krug was working it. Yeah. And, you know, and he... <clears throat> he was saying that it was crazy. Wind. I mean, apparently it was very windy. It was very windy. I'm not going to. I'm not going to say it wasn't very windy. But was it? Was it? Oh my God! I'm so glad we're not at the festival. Windy? Not even close. Really? Not even close. Um, I, again, we've had worse storms here. And um, and and the thing is, and I I I wasn't there. I didn't actually go to the festival grounds because at that point I found out before we went, and there was no point in going. Yeah. Um. So I didn't actually go to the festival grounds, and maybe Matt could shed some light on it for us at some point, but. Um, my understanding from a lot of posts I read from people that were standing in line when they when they came up to the gate and said, you know, sorry, you know, the, no festival today. Um, my understanding is that it didn't look like any of the food vendors had been set up. It looked like they were still hmm. like a bunch of chaos and a bunch of things going on. So if they were, you know, if they were canceling at that 11th hour, either they already knew they were going to cancel because yeah. things weren't set up or they weren't ready. You know, well, which, I know that which Matt, plays into it as well. I know Matt had set up his bar and then was told it wasn't happening. So he definitely set up. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But maybe there were some other people who knew more. But by know. their own admittance, on on their fa- on their uh, Facebook and Instagram posts, it actually said, you know, we really apologize and we've been contemplating this for, you know, four, five, six days now, you know, watching the weather, weather reports. And, we you know, we, we've been on the fence for about five days. And here's the thing. If I knew five days in advance that there was a potential of it being canceled, would I have canceled my Vegas trip? Probably not. But at that point, that's on me. It's a choice that I made, and it's a risk that I took. And if it got canceled, then it got canceled. Yeah. But if you knew five days in advance that it was a really good potential that this was going to happen and you didn't say anything, and I I had airline tickets that I could have rescheduled for a different trip. I had a hotel that I could have canceled and used the money for a different trip. I mean, yeah. come on, man. So, no, it is anyways. a lot. It's, and it's a total bummer. I'm sorry that that happened, man. It's a real bummer. It is what it is, man. Today's yeah. a new day, and uh, we have a great guest. So we let's let's move on. To that. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> Jesse Young. How's it going, man? It's good, man. How are you guys? Yeah, it's really nice to uh, to meet you. And um, you know, I've been I've seen you from afar on online and things like that over yeah. the years. And uh, it's just great to have you on. That, you know, you, you got in touch with us through the uh, through the website. And actually, one of the things we love about that is. Um, we when we started this podcast, it was all people that just we knew really, like our friends, right, you right. Know? And so it's nice to actually now we're like the people who watch it. We're kind of finding out about you know stuff we didn't know very much about, which is what this is really meant for. So it's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. No, I, my friend uh, Ricky, your friend Ricky, yeah. uh, our friend Ricky. Bastard. Uh, you know, I <laughs> saw him on it, which is how I heard heard about the show and was really interested in what you guys were doing. And you know, again, any, anybody that gives an opportunity for a local artist to 
you know, shine and, you know, spread their, you know, whatever they're doing uh, is always a great thing because there's not enough of that in yeah. a lot of places. Um, so Agreed. I was really interested in what you guys were doing and thought it was a great platform and figured, hey, let me let me talk to them and see if, yeah. you know, it's something I could get on. So Awesome. Yeah, man. All right. Well, let's get right from the, uh, the beginning then. Um, how did you find that? What was the situation and uh, vibe like when you were a kid um was it conducive to making music Did you have supportive parents and stuff i you know i didn't start doing music until middle school i mean right. i have my mom likes to show this photo of me being like three years old sitting on like a, a step uh with a little toy guitar serenading some girl that was our neighbor at the time and i don't remember that or why i was doing it other than maybe you're just You've a three-year-old like 20 years yeah now. right yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh but I got yeah, started playing saxophone in middle school. I wanted to play the drums, but nice. my mom was like, "Drums are too loud, and you need to play. You need an instrument that you can play for the family at holiday parties." So because sax isn't loud. Yeah, well, not compared <laughs> to the drums. Yeah, you know, you can't true. really play a "We Wish You Merry Christmas" at the holiday party on the yeah. on the drums. So I played sax and then you know switched to percussion in in high school. I wanted to be a drummer. You yeah. know, I wanted to, to be the you know a rock and roll drummer, but I wasn't as good at the drum set as I was the other percussion instruments. You oh. know, four mallet marimba and timpani and all that. I, I marched and all that kind of stuff. And I picked up the guitar just for fun because again, you can't go to like a party with friends' house yeah. and and yeah. bring your drum kit. So did I you figured, learn all the theory with the with the percussion? Did you like, you know do all the notes and all that stuff? Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. yeah, when you're playing marimba and xylophone and all that, especially the four mallet stuff. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like piano in a yeah, sense it's a know? great basis for understanding music that's kind of why i asked because it gives you that structure that then when you learn every other instrument after that you've got this basis you know? and i knew that from from the saxophone so right. it's kind of a little bit easy yeah. to translate it into the percussion you know just now you're using your hands and, and yeah. everything um i played and, sax when i was a kid too i still think of notes as if i'm playing on the sax like if i'm imagining a melody in my head i kind of play it like, right you know like in, in on the sax in my head <laughs> so so odd because his story of wanting to play Play, uh, drums and then ending up on sax is exactly we've talked about this exactly what happened to me i was i was actually in first grade and um i went to a, a meeting you know a band meeting or whatever and they were they were talking about the different instruments and, and demoing all the different instruments and they never showed the drums and i and i guess i guess it was a different meeting for drums but i didn't know and i was like mom you know there's no drums i want to play drums and my mom was like no no there's no drums in this band <laughs> and she's like she's like you're playing saxophone and that was it and then my yeah. first band practice i show up and the band director's there and I, here comes my best friend and he breaks out a snare drum and i'm like what the hell man yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you're the duped. only sax there's like eight drummers <laughs> right i'm like i've been duped oh man that sucks so yeah all right cool so you got you would you played actually quite a lot of music when you were young then yeah no, nothing before sixth grade you know right. and i don't even remember really the reason why i decided to to get into it you know i mean my dad had a guitar but he never played it growing up or anything like that you yeah. know so there really wasn't a musical thing going on in the household you know like right. i've heard wow. some yeah. people say like oh my parents were in bands or this or that yeah there wasn't any of that but i just always liked music and yeah. you know did uh, they play music a lot in the house like kind of just records sometimes and stuff? i mean mostly like in the car you you know then you'd be forced to listen to what they were listening to and when yeah. you were a kid it was like i didn't appreciate a lot of the stuff that they were into until i got a bit older you yeah. know um but yeah i I don't know. Middle Church. school started it, and yeah, no, Church, nothing like that. Mm -hmm. huh? no, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, so it was just you know I got into it in, into high school, and like I said, I wanted to be a drummer, but I just wasn't very good. And I went to high school with a guy that was amazing at the drums. He's still right. one of my favorite drummers ever, and I feel kind of wish he hadn't given it up and gone into the corporate world because he's ridiculous. But yeah, we kind of accidentally started a band, and then next thing you know, I'm a singer and a guitar oh, cool. player. And how you know, old are you at this point? 
18. We okay. started our senior year of high school. Cool. We, it was me and two drummers, two guys that I was in March, and we were all in drumline together. Yeah. One of our drummers, he had congas at the house, and so it was me and two drummers, and we t- played a talent show together. And nice. at that talent show, we met another guy who played guitar, and so then it was the four of us. So we went like a year maybe without a bass player, and then we got into college and met our bass player. And and then just, you know, next thing you know, we're playing 150 shows a year you know, oh, all through wow. college. So it was crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, so were you doing those kind of um – sort of cover type shows like make money type shows or was it all originals all originals and 150 a year that's awesome yeah I mean we were playing I mean not every year I mean you know freshman year and sophomore year we're kind of building that you know but I'd say yeah. by my junior senior year we were playing almost every Thursday Friday Saturday you know nice. and then we go tour the east coast every uh Every spring break. I grew up in Michigan, so I went to Michigan State. And so every spring break, we'd go play up New York and Philly and, you know, uh, different places. We used to go and play a bunch of colleges in Philadelphia. And, what and kind of back. music is it? I'm dreading. I, I know you're going to say emo now because I was dissing What that we were doing? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's <laughs> kind of the same stuff that I do now. You know, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's acoustic rock. You okay. know, it's very. Is songs that you wrote? Yeah. Yeah. Was it like, are you, were you the main, the only writer? Yeah. No, I wasn't the only one. When I, when we first started out, there was uh, the other guitar player. He and I kind of wrote some songs together. We wrote songs separately, and he would sing some, and I would sing some, and we did harmonies and stuff together. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, we used, you know, just kind of played all the time. I don't just, usually oh, yeah. ask this. Sorry, yeah. I, I don't usually ask this question this early on, but seeing as we're kind of talking about it and we brought up songwriting, do you have a way that you write songs? How do you, how do you go about creating a song? Uh, it takes a long time. All I feel right. like, you know, be, just because now, you know, with work and family and those types of things, you know, I don't have as much time to just sit down and, and do it. So voice notes are my best friend. Yeah, you know, I yeah, record yeah. everything to them because it could be I have an, an idea on, on a guitar or a melody line or whatever. Yeah. And you put it in there and it could be six months before I get back to doing it. Yeah. And a lot of times I might even have like the song mapped out, but I don't even have any clue for the lyrics. Sure. And then a year later we start recording the song. And then we get all the way to the point where next week I got to go sing. It's like, well, I better write the lyrics now. And then, you know, then the lyrics come literally right before, you know, even though we've been recording the whole time, lyrics are, are getting done right before. So it yeah. kind of depends. But I have to start with music and a melody. Okay. It's kind of the basis. You know, if I'm not into what I'm doing on the guitar or what I think the melody is going to be, I, I got to move on. Does it affect you? Do you try and think of a theme for it? like along with the music or is that completely separate like in terms of lyrical content every once in a while I mean sometimes I'll have an idea for a song and and then you know you can build it around that but honestly sometimes when when I'm writing and I'm singing the melody and just trying to make something up I'm singing nonsense words or sometimes I'm repeating the same word over and over again but sometimes it's just it's honestly it's whatever comes out because maybe it fits right with the rhyme scheme or the way the melody flows and I've written a song because of a line that I've just spewed out where I'm like, oh, I kind of like the way this sounds. Yeah. Let me now build the song around that. That's, That's interesting. I've, I've done that before as well, but I always found it, feel like I'm chasing my tail a little bit when it's like that. So, so what, what I'll do sometimes, like we have this song, Fall on, fall on Your Sword, and I wrote the line, No need to fall on your sword, my son. There's no shame in you being wrong. I had this like line in my head. Yeah. And then I was just like, all right, that's, now what is it about you know and I had to figure that out and it took me ages to figure that out but I had that line for like nine months before I got the rest of the song yeah we this uh, last record that I did in 2019 there was this song where I had this line get on with your new life and I was like I kind of like that and so I ended up, it was a breakup song and it was not about anything that I went through necessarily but I just figured I had this line. Let me build a story around yeah. that. And then that's where the song came from. So yeah. I try to write from a personal perspective where it's something that I've gone through or, or something you know that means something to me. But every once in a while, you just have an idea for a song. 
because you're influenced from maybe somebody else's life. You know, I've yeah. I've written songs about other people's relationships or mm-hmm. uh, things that they've gone through. Um, you know, I had one of my best friends was going through something years ago, and and I, a song came out that was about his situation. Right. Yeah. Um, so you know, it just you just try to find it yeah. from wherever and. I try to not write about the same things over and over again. I as find much that really as you, difficult. As, as much as you can. You know, there's, yeah. it's, it's hard to. You're going to end up kind of writing the same songs but from different perspectives. But Yeah. I, I definitely I, go through like these kind of seasons of these, like months and months <clears throat> of just being – there being like a recurrent theme, you know. And I have to kind of put it down and walk away and then come back to it, you know, a little bit later so that I can snap out of that mode. Everybody <laughs> does that though. I mean if you listen to some of your favorite bands, sometimes they'll catch artists where it's like you hear the same lyric line almost yeah. being used or the same word being used in multiple songs. It's like, all right, clearly this was just stuck in their brain and they didn't realize, oh, I used that in this song and then I used it in this one. But now in the context of the record and maybe the songs are back to back, you're like, oh, they just kind of said the same thing you know, here. Yeah. I think that's just, just human nature. Yeah, totally. You know? I have certain themes that always come up. The sea always comes up. Traveling, like moving to the U.S. always comes up. And um, uh, I must have put the phrase keep on keeping on in about 20 songs <laughs> <laughs> right I, I only write breakup songs but I've been with my wife for 25 years yeah, See, I was gonna, go. I was waiting for this story yeah yeah when he said that yeah before yeah it's all I write is breakup songs but we've been married 25 and we've been together 28 or 29 yeah, yeah. a breakup fantasy yeah I guess you yeah, well every time that. when I write one of those like I've got one from this new record and that I'm working on and when I went to play it for I was like okay look this isn't about this is not me saying anything to you this is not uh a song about a previous thing it's literally just again it was a a word that came out yeah. when i was writing it and i built a song around around that theme and what that you know that story nah, was i tell yeah. my wife all the time i'm like you know she she does something and then i get upset and then i say i say don't make me make this album about you uh, <laughs> that's it funny never, it never happens <laughs> <laughs> but i had a lot of like love songs you know when we first started dating within the first or the earlier stuff that i was working on so like on the last record i did i was like all right i need to try not to do as many love songs i sure, feel like i've sure. done a lot of that let me try to f- write some some different things and, and some different topics so yeah you know try to be aware of like what you've done in the past and, and not repeated as much as possible but again sometimes there's just only so many scenarios you know i didn't have a bad childhood i wasn't you know my father didn't leave me you know so it's like i don't have some of these things that like other songwriters can pull from you know i can only pull from the stuff that i've gone through and yeah and actually you can really only pull from the stuff you've gone through even if you've only gone through it a bit because otherwise you just yeah you're kind of shooting in the dark you know you just sort of and then it's you can end up writing something good but i don't know if personally i would ever feel good about singing it because i'd know it was I wouldn't be able to put myself into it, you know. I like when the songs come from, you can tell that it's a personal perspective. Yeah. You know, like I feel like a lot of the music now, especially in the in the really popular stuff, it feels like song by committee in a way where like they're just yeah. getting in a room and going, all right, we need a song about this. Like we need a party song or we need a breakup song. And it's all right, let me find a really clever phrase. And then we're going to write the lyrics that fit that yeah. rather than being like, all right, there was this one time where I did this. You know, uh, there's an artist that I really like and he wrote a song about his trip to Portland, I think, or somewhere on the West Coast, where he's kind of describing going out to the, to the Pacific Northwest. And when you're listening to it, you kind of feel like you're there because the way he's the imagery he's using, he's kind of describing you're like, all right, he this is like he went there and experienced yeah. all this. And yeah. he's kind of telling you about it. And to me, that just it just feels way more authentic than yeah, like yeah. if he had gotten in a room and was like, oh, let's write a song about going climbing in the mountains, you know, like yeah, it's totally. just it yeah, and it feels more authentic because it is more. Authentic. Right. You know, you can't fake real. You know? Yeah. I'm going to write a song yeah. about not going to a music festival. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Hey, oh, trauma. So, sorry. Poor I've been traumatized. traumatized. You know, but you, in all fairness, you could 
could write a love like a love song uh, album, like a whole album of love songs. But like have one be you know you love a girl and you love a guitar and you love ice cream whatever it, yeah. <laughs> whatever the case may be so you know. yeah there you go I mean they're all technically different I think our next album is going to be all straight bangers just like kind of fast crazy party song after fast crazy party song and and I'm I'm just gonna I I sort of made a decision to make the lyrics just lighthearted and fun which I've never really done everything of mine is always like these big themes and kind of you know kind of depressing <laughs> lyrics right so I'm gonna try a bit of a different approach <laughs> uh, um yeah so um when it comes to recording how have you gone about that traditionally do you ever record anything at, your, at home I don't have a setup at home, and honestly, I don't know enough about all that stuff to like to do it on my own. I mean, yeah. I've got GarageBand and stuff, and I've you know every once in a while I'll try to mix in like a little demo if I have an idea that I feel like I I need to get the idea across in that way. Um, but I've been working with a guy named Zach Ziskin. He's yeah. Um, from that, yeah. yeah, he's from uh, you know down in in the Broward area, you know Miami, whatever. But he was a, a singer songwriter himself, and when I first moved here. I went to Alligator Alley, the former place in Fort Lauderdale, yeah. and they used to have a like a stand set up with like flyers and stuff that people could grab, that people could drop off, and you could take. And he had a, like a three song CD in there. And so when I went oh, in nice. to inquire about playing there, I grabbed the CD and and I liked his original stuff. And then you know years later, I uh, end up meeting him through some other friends, and he produced a record by this girl that was the production was just phenomenal. And then we did a record together in 2010, like a four song EP. And then it's just been me and him ever since. And so nice. we did uh, another five songs in 2016, 17, and then we finally made a record in 2019. And nice. then since 2020, we've been recording basically so, you know, a little bit here and there. And now you know, over two two years later, we've got another record done. So. so he has his own studio then? Or you guys yeah, I mean, somewhere? honestly, the thing that I love about technology now is we don't have to be in the in, in a big studio. When yeah. we did the, the first record that we did together, we went to a studio down in Pompano and you know had a big room and a big you know console and all of that and recorded all together. Yeah. But now, um, honestly, like the drummers that I'm using, they're all based in Nashville for the most part. Oh, like really? on the last record, I used uh, a guy named Hubert Payne who plays in a big country band called Little Big Town. Yeah, yeah. Um, and How did you find him? Zach did... found him, actually. Yeah. I, it was crazy when he we were trying to find a drummer. He said, hey, I've got this guy. This guy plays in Little Big Town. This guy plays for Brett Eldridge. And I was like, well, those are two big bands. You know, I'm yeah, actually yeah. a big fan of Brett. And I was like, oh, so we kind of auditioned them, had them each play a song. And we ended up liking the the one guy, you know, his style a little bit better. The production on your stuff is great. Yeah, and he he did everything remotely because that's what these guys do when they're not touring. They've got their own home yeah. studio setups, and yeah. so they can record and send it back. And then um, for this new record, uh, I've gone through like the first six songs was a bunch of different people. I used Hubert again for two songs, and then I used the guy in L.A. But then I found this guy on Instagram who's in Brazil, and he's such a badass and he's so good and the way that he records uh, sonically is great like when when Zach's gotten the stuff he said like his stuff comes in sounding better than a lot like he doesn't have to do as much work on it to make it sound great and so I used him for the last you know six songs he's been like super excited about drums yeah 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 you know he's like excited about it too which is always you know a plus when like the yeah. people that you're working with dig it as much uh, as you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's he's been really cool to get to know and we become friends and and he's actually nice. moving to Orlando in December what? so he like we keeps talking about we got to get together. So, yeah, but that, maybe that'll end up bit. So, when you play live gigs, who who's in the band? <clears throat> when was the last time you played? It's well, last year, okay. you know, like well, like an original gig was last year, but I I did a couple of uh I think I did one or two cover gigs at the beginning of this year, but I haven't really been playing live as much. I've just been working on the recording, but yeah. I really don't play with the band all that often. You know, I've done Sunfest a couple of times, so I've had to put a, be- a band together for that, and that's just been like again some of the friends and people that I know, and you just kind of awesome. get together and do it. But 
I'd love to do more of it because I miss playing with a, a band. And I feel like my music and the way that I play is more suited for a band than like me solo. Right. Um, but it's That's just a great solo as well, though, I think because yeah. you've got such a percussive playing style. But um, yeah, I can see that because it, it, it's almost like when you're playing solo, you, you're you're you know, you're imitating what could be there a little right. bit, you know, the way you play. But I just yeah. don't know people to like put together a band. So that's the thing right. I've, I've tried, you know, through different uh, Facebook groups that I'm a part of in the South Florida scene to, to look for people. But I just haven't had any luck like finding good people. Most of the people like if they're really good, yeah. they're probably already doing a million projects that's or, thing, you know, yeah. and it's so right. it's hard to like put together somebody, you know, for especially an original type deal. It's like, like getting yeah, remarried yeah. when you're in your 40s. It's what do women always say when like in their 40s and they're looking for a man. They're like, all the good ones are already taken. Yeah, down. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I I clicked on your you filled out our form and stuff and it gave us all the information and stuff and I clicked on your uh, your YouTube link and went to your YouTube page. I'm not sure which song it was. It came up first, but whatever it was, um, it was it With said one of all it, of us playing yeah, together. It, but you weren't together though. It no, was we were like, all all remotely. It was yeah, all like it was like, 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 a, zo- like a Zoom yeah. thing. Yeah. Was is, is is that is that like the drummer in Brazil? Yeah, that that's the drummer in Brazil. That's, and, that's awesome, yeah. man. So he it sounded he's, amazing. He's got a great studio setup. I mean, he does a lot of recording for people um, down there and and everything and. So he just recorded himself playing along to the track. And so then I just asked everybody else. My bass player is a guy named Fernando Perdomo, who's a, a, a local guy from Miami. He's big in the Miami scene down there for years. He's in L.A. now, but he's one of my favorite bass players. So yeah. it's like he's got his own studio in L.A. So he records and he'll send me a video of every time he records. He always sends me a video of him tracking it. That's just He knows it, that man. I like to see it, you know. Yeah. Um, so I was like, dude, just can you record it, this one and send it to me? and I'm going to use it. So we all just recorded ourselves playing and then just edited it together to get like sort of a performance video. But yeah, yeah. it looks. When, when sort was of seamless. that? When did you do it? This song was maybe six months ago. Okay. It's one of the newer ones that yeah. you know we've been working on for this new, which is now it's an album. But honestly, at the time when we started it in October of 2020, it was just we're in the height of the pandemic. Yeah. Let's. Can we record a music? Because it's the only thing that I can do. I've got a song idea. We went in to do, Did you one, do song. one of those videos for that as well. No, um, that I know was a the, lot of people were doing them in the pandemic. That was the first video that we that we did like that. The yeah, couple right. of songs that I had done before that, I've done lyric videos for. Yeah, and I've been working with a really great guy out of Chicago named Brian Shutters, um, who does really great lyric video stuff. But uh, that one, he wasn't available or something. And so I, I was like, well, well, this could be a video where I could do something different. And yeah. it was something that I could do on my own. So anytime I can do something myself, it's, you know, I try to do it because then, yeah. you know, you're not outsourcing it or, you know, paying for it and things like that. Oh, yeah, so. if you want something done right, do it yourself, you know. Yeah, so. I mean, I don't know if I always do it right myself, but sometimes it's just easier because then you're not, you know, again, if you're working with people that are really yeah. talented, they're usually super busy. Yeah. You know, um, Brian... You know, he's been really nice to, like, fit me into his schedule, but he's done a lot of, like, he's working with major label artists, and he's done yeah. some lyric videos for, like, one of my favorite artists, which is how I found him. And so he's... Who's that? His name's Ben Rector. Right. A singer-songwriter. He's, you know, kind of really blown up in the last couple of years, and he was just... Uh, Brian was on tour with them this last tour, and, you know, just directed Sick. one of his new videos and stuff. And That's awesome. Uh, I found him. He did a lyric video for Ben's Thanksgiving song last year, and right. it's one of the best lyric videos I've ever seen because... It's like a Thanksgiving scene with all the food, but all of the packaging 
are the lyrics to Ben's song, oh. but it looks like the stovetop stuffing container, but it's Ben's lyrics or whatever. Does it really like and light up when it goes through or something? No, like it's that? like it's it's he actually shot it for real and everything was oh. made. So it's not computer animated on. It's nice. He oh, actually printed awesome. out, you know, the, yeah. the, the the packaging for it to make it look like that and then oh, he had somebody idea. turn the, the thing around. It's it's that's really deal. We should do that. Should yeah. totally <laughs> it's really, really well done. And when I saw that I was like, who did this? And I found him yeah. and he's a graphic designer. We're both in advertising yeah. or you know, he used to be and so I reached out and just told him I liked his work and you know he was like if you ever need graphics or anything let me know so he he did a couple lyric videos for me he's designed all of the album covers for these last couple of projects that I was releasing over the last year yeah and uh, yeah he's been great but again you know he's always really really busy so if he's tied up around the road then again it's like all right, well now I want to get this out he's not available let me I'll just do something myself so that way yeah. at least I can get it done that's awesome I, I just that whole idea of doing a lyric video where you film it and write stuff on the thing I'm totally going to do that with one of our songs <laughs> on the new album that's a killer idea yeah my buddy uh, Jacob Jeffries who was another Miami guy that lives in LA um, he did a lyric video a couple of years ago where he did everything in sidewalk chalk and then filmed it going down the sidewalk. Oh, God damn it. it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> such a great idea. No, but Hector does that for a living. He's, oh, really? He's a chalk artist. Yeah. yeah, it's called, I think it was Even Now was the song. If you look up Jacob Jeffries, or maybe I'll send, find it and send you the link. But it's a great video. And when I saw it, I was like, <sighs> no excuse. You, you know, know what's really cool is they, <laughs> they awesome. now have this, uh, it's not chalk, but they have this, they have this paint. Yeah. Um, it's, it looks clear. Uh, it's, li- I mean, it literally is clear and you can paint and stuff on, on a sidewalk. And what it actually does is it coats the sidewalk so that it's, um, uh, it repels water. Yeah. And so, um, when you let it dry, sidewalk looks just like normal, but when you hose it down with water, um, that the image shows up oh, like man. as a, as a separate tone from whatever the sidewalk from the wet sidewalk and yeah. stuff. And so. We could do something like that where we yeah. paint the lyrics and it's just a regular sidewalk. And as, and the, then you as, spray it, uh, as the water, spray it from one end and as the water idea. is running down, it starts revealing lyrics down I'm, the sidewalk. I'm getting, I'm getting it to it first. Oh, <laughs> I already did it too late. <laughs> <laughs> I did it five minutes ago. <laughs> but I did a song a couple of years ago called Part-Time Rockstar and yeah. I did a stop motion video where I uh, made nice. a bunch of – I made all the lyrics in, in like uh, – I don't know if it was PowerPoint or something like that, but one of those, you know, like uh, keynote type presentations. So I printed out 230 slides, I think it was, where our, the lyrics would kind of animate as the text would come in for the different words and literally took a picture every single time and then cut it in to animate oh it. And um, awesome. yeah, so that was, again, something where it was like, okay, I can do that myself. And it, and yeah. it made for a pretty interesting, you know, video. But do you know how to use that software, like the, the Final Cut or whatever? Do you have anything like A that? little bit. I did some of that back in college, but yeah. this... I found it there was Lego made this app for stop motion and it's really meant for like little kids to do like stop motion videos with Lego. But I thought I was like, Oh, I could make a thing out of it. And the only thing that was a problem was because it's not made for real professional use. It's for kids Mm -hmm. just making little fun videos. When you go and make an edit, it doesn't start from where you stopped. Yeah. So every time you want to see if you made a mistake, you had to start at the beginning again. Yeah. So the further you got into the video, you had to go back and rewatch everything that came before before you could get to the part to see whether or not you made a mistake or where you were going to add something in. So yeah, yeah, towards yeah. the end of the video, it was like, all right, now i got to watch all three minutes again before I can get to the part. Nope, that didn't work. Fix it. Let me try again. Oh, go through the whole thing. Oh, that's so delicious. it's not like a – because it's not a real editing app. You know? Okay, so, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. that was – There's again, Adobe I, software that works way better than yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, again, it was really easy for the capturing of the of the yeah. stop motion, okay. you know, from that aspect, which is why I started using it. And by the time I realized 
the yeah. limitations of the software, I was too far in. So right, yeah, you just yeah, kind of yeah. had to had to yeah. go with it. That's cool though. You made a, a Lego app video. That's super super cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So um, when it comes to dealing with, um, you know what? I'm going to ask this first. Um, style wise. Who do you look to? Was there anyone? Did it, did you just start sort of writing songs and organically found a sound, or is there something you wanted to sound like? Honestly, I don't remember why I started writing the way that I do. It probably would just be the bands that I was listening to grow up. I mean, I've always tried to listen to a lot of different stuff. I mean, I was you know in eighth grade, especially being a drummer. Like Rush was one of my first passions, sure. right? Um, you know, but then as I got into high school, you know, I got into I was in the Grateful Dead for a while and, you know, like yeah. Dave Matthews and Bare Naked Ladies and Matchbox 20 and a lot of those like 90s rock bands. Yeah. Um, but again, I've always liked everything, you know, from you know bands like Incubus and, you know, some of the heavier stuff to a little bit of country every now and then. Um, and again, good music's good music, right? But sure. I feel like I've always kind of gravitated towards that singer songwriter you know yeah. acoustic deal in yeah. the best possible sense you had you definitely have a pop sensibility like you you know you get very hooky songwriting right yeah. um and then like i said when my, my parents my dad listened to a lot of classic rock so he was like big into steve miller and zeppelin and you know all that and i didn't really appreciate a lot of that stuff until i got a little bit older into high sure. school yeah um you know but beatles you know became one of my favorite bands as i got a little bit older um and and I, I don't. I just kind of fell into that particular genre because I think maybe at the time when I started writing, those were the bands and stuff that I was listening to. So it wasn't yeah. like necessarily okay. This is the kind of music I want to write. It's just when I sat down to write a guitar, that's yeah, kind of what came out. Came out like, you know? what would and, you, you call it? Is this singer songwriter like indie? I guess. I guess you know acoustic rock. I feel like we used to call right. ourselves acoustic driven rock when I was in band in in college because we felt like that was the best way to do it you know i mean yeah i would play always played acoustic and so that was kind of at the front and center of everything but we had electric guitar player and you know we tried to be a bit of a rock band like those 90 rock bands are. i mean honestly now you'd probably call it modern country because i feel right, like yeah. modern country's turned into 90s rock you yeah, know kind of yeah um but i don't feel like i sound country you know yeah. and i don't have the voice for it no. you know but yeah the twang yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i would say i would say it's a singer songwriter indie kind of sound for sure yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure I mean, it's great. I, you know, I love your music, and and it, and it, as we were saying, as we were saying before, it's also well recorded. Yeah. You know, you just such yeah, a wonderful job. Really good. I mean, that's again, I all credit to Zach. You know, right. I mean, he's no man. Take all the credit. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, you you've got to work with people that make you better. You yeah, know, absolutely. like I always say, even when I'm playing live or when you're recording people, I want to be the worst musician in the group. Yeah, because I am. <laughs> <laughs> I know that if I'm the worst, then it's going to be great. You know, it's, it's going to sound good. Because yeah. you know I'm 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 not a great musician, but I'm not a terrible musician. So if I'm sure. the worst one, then I know I've got good people behind me, and that's ultimately going to make it sound better. Sure, well, this ties perfectly into our favorite question, which is: Do you practice? Not as much anymore. I mean, not not in the practice sense that you guys are probably talking about. I mean, I right. try to play the guitar, you know, as often as I can when I get breaks. Again, it's not as in long stretches as it used to be, but anytime yeah. I get a spare moment, I mean, my guitars hang on the wall in our living room now, so I'm usually just grabbing it off the wall and That's picking a great it up place and, to put it there. At least and you, playing. Yeah. You know, yeah, always yeah. just trying to come up with different ideas, and like I said, I record them into the notes, and it might be six months before I get back to it. But if I've got an idea at that moment, 
I yeah. need to get it down and, yeah. and, and at least I'm starting to build something. So I've got ideas to work on, you know, down the road. Yeah. But if I've got a gig coming up and I haven't played in a while, then I'll go through and kind of, you know, make sure uh, let me run through this and make sure I don't remember how or I remember how to do it. So I don't get up and play it and like forget the bridge or, sure, sure. you know, whatever. But yeah, not not like I did when I was first starting out. You know, I'd come yeah. home from high school and I just play for three or four hours, you know, put yeah. on my favorite record and play the whole thing start to front. You know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't do that anymore. Yeah, I used to do that with Melancholy and the Infant sadness and i used to sit there and jam through the whole thing yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> those were the days man did you watch that um episode of this with uh pra- the guy um chris Ma- christopher maloney from practice Warriors? I, that was one that i missed so right. I, it's on my list to go back and watch but I, I i didn't see that one i've seen the ones before really and after but, dude. That, yeah that's one of my favorite things we've ever done on the yeah. podcast the guy's an inspiration where he made you want to practice you know really? yeah, i never ever, ever practiced and uh, up until up until i left for vegas i pretty much practiced every day whether it was an hour or 15 minutes but every day i i picked yeah. up my, yeah, my you're making me bass, feel guilty i was like and, oh, I, I'm and like... I, yeah every day i picked up my stand-up bass or my harmonica and i and i i practiced <laughs> yeah i mean i probably should right because that's the only way that you keep it or or get better but i mean i th- i think that it you know it's obviously a good thing to do and and do you necessarily have to to be a musician all the time no but but I think that you know the people who do and have a good regimen with it it's obvious you know it, it stands mm-hmm. when out. you're starting out absolutely I mean yeah. my son is starting to play the drums he's six and he's been at it for like a almost a year now where yeah. like he's playing all the time and he's watching videos of kids playing or he's watching drumline videos I'm like all right this isn't a phase anymore like he's That's really great. into it so we're starting to get him lessons and, and to play a little bit more and i keep telling him I'm like listen you you need to play you need to come home and you need to practice you know they're teaching him paradiddles and different things like that and i'm like you need to work on it you know and because if you don't then you're you can't just go to the to the lesson yeah. or this or whatever like you have to do it at home you you can get there but it's going to take you that much longer yeah you know yeah. i have people all the time that come up to me and they're like oh can you teach me how to play guitar or how do you how'd you learn how i want to play guitar i'm like just do it you know just no one taught me i just got a yeah. book of chords and learned how to play it and i played with songs but listen if you only play once a week you just got to understand it's going to take you a long time to do it yeah. i used to play 3 4 hours every day when i was a kid so i was able to move Built quicker that up. yeah yeah well it's funny cuz ben, ben has mentioned this before too you know people come up to you after the um you know after a Kubilly show they'll be during a break or whatever and they'll be like like oh my god i i wish i wish i had your talent and and it's yeah, always so. and it's always the same you know the the, the response is just like but it's not talent. It's practice. It's hard yeah, work. Yeah, you know? exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, you know, you got... I can give you my. I can give you my talent. What's it, what it's going to take is twenty minutes 20... a day for the next year. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have to have a, some innate ability to sure. understand it, right? That sure. certainly helps. But yeah, if you're not putting the time in, you'll get there. It's just going to take you that much longer, you know. Yeah, and and yeah. As, as people get older, they're like, oh, everybody wants something so fast. And yeah. It's like, listen, if you only have an hour because of family or your job or whatever to work on it. Then you just have to be patient and understand it's going to take you a while to get it. Yeah. But if you do a little bit at a time, eventually you'll have something. Yeah. You know, yeah, and right. if you can do three, four hours a day every single day, then you're going to get the result you want a lot faster. Yeah. So it's just about what you can do. But doing something, even a little bit, is better than nothing because yeah. eventually over time that will accumulate. Absolutely. No, it's, it's something that I, I've been doing a lot more since uh, I put the demon drink down and I, you know it's <laughs> definitely been it's, you know it's been great my guitar playing's got a lot better yeah. I can like find little comping chords in the middle of solos and stuff now you know which is something that always slightly eluded me but I'm yeah. definitely starting to get there with that which I'm, makes me very happy um, so you've played with a lot of a lot of big names could you sort of rattle a few off and tell us about that 
Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I'll say open for Jason Mraz, yeah. uh, Fall Out Boy, Bon Jovi, Winger, Night Ranger, Crazy. Steve Miller. That's awesome. Um, Edwin McCain, Sister Hazel. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting people. Um, so how is how Sticks, did this? Sticks, yeah. Cool. Damn, um, That's awesome. How did, this, how, how, how did that happen? All of them are a bit weird. You know, I mean, right. um, some of them, like I was kind of telling you guys before the show, like some of them you just randomly email people and you get a gig. You know, sometimes some people say yes. And um, sometimes, you know, it's when we were in college, we uh, we were playing, uh, we used to play, in, we went to Michigan State. So we used to play around Michigan State quite a bit. So we kind of developed a bit of a following and name. And uh, in 2000, uh, Al Gore was doing his campaign tour through the state and was stopping in different places. And he had Bon Jovi with him. And they wanted musicians and stuff to fill the time. So they we got selected as one of the bands to play. Nice. And, um, you know, so we were played in front of like 8,000 people in, in, in the downtown. So, awesome. again, that was just kind of a random deal because, you know, it was around the college and we were sure. in the area and got, you know, asked to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I think like the Jason Mraz gig, that happened again because I was at, at Michigan State and he was kind of a new artist and he got booked and I happened to know somebody or kind of knew somebody enough that like was booking it to be like, hey, can I do this? And yeah. they were like, all right, well, he's not bringing anybody. So sure, we could use an opener and you just kind of luck out. Yeah. You know, a couple of the gigs have been Sunfest. You get selected and you get to open, you know, play in front of somebody in front of Sunfest. So yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that one day. Hopefully it'll happen for Killbillies, you know, with the... Do you hear that, guys? Hopefully it will happen for Kilbillies. <laughs> <Kill Bass. laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be I feel awesome. like we're running for president or something. Kill, you know, Killbilly Sunfest 2023. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, the, uh, w- one time I got, just got asked to play a college, and uh, I forget how. We had, think we had played the college before, and so they liked the show so much they wanted to bring me back, and they were doing this event. And they're like, hey, we've got this band coming from Chicago. You want to open? I said, sure. And we get there and it was Fall Out Boy. But at that time, they weren't signed uh, yet. They were still just like they were a regional band. I think they had just done their record that eventually, you know, got them big. But, you know, they were just a, a Chicago band really at the time. But I'd never heard of them. So we go down there yeah. and, you know, do the show. And I opened up and, you know, met them afterwards. They signed this. He gave me a CD, signed and everything. And, you know, oh, then nice. like eight months later, they're on MTV. And I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did that happen? Yeah, on, <laughs> minute. So, yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes you just kind of get lucky, but, you know, yeah. it's trying to meet people and, and network and, you know, show that you're capable and professional enough to, like, to be on one of those type of gigs. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes and you, you don't get a couple behind you, then you can say you've done it. I mean, it increases your chances in future. Sure. I mean, I don't know if people look at that and take it seriously. Like, I don't care if you've opened up for anybody, like you're still a nobody and you're not opening on this stage. You know, some people may have that attitude, but I feel like if you have a resume of some sort, at least it shows like. I've done this and I've been capable enough to yeah. do it. Like maybe you're more willing to give me an opportunity yeah. on it. Yeah. And again, what's the worst thing that can happen? They just tell you no. No, totally. Yeah. So, so are you looking to, uh, cause, um, what's going on with, with releases at the moment? Um, can you tell us a little bit about what's going yeah, on? Yeah. So there? October of 2020, Zach and I started recording two songs and then we kind of enjoyed doing that. So then we yeah, started the doing duos, kind of more. Yeah. yeah. So we did, well, once I had enough, I was like, I don't, what do I do with this? You know, like, do I release them all at once? Do I do like four of them now? And yeah. then, you know, we had no idea. And I didn't even know that we were ever going to do enough to make a full record. So it was really right. kind of like there wasn't a plan. And then Zach said, you know, with the way things are now, it's probably better to release them in smaller increments smart, more yeah. often than like in one chunk. Yeah. So I said, well, let's do them two at a time. And so yeah. I ended up calling the record 
duos and we nice. did volumes one, two, three, and four. You know, I kind of wanted to treat them as like sequels to a movie in a sense, you know? Right, yeah. So all the record albums, they all have a similar vibe to them. And we kind of went with this like retro horror vibe, nice. you know, like the old horror posters. And I was kind of thinking about the 80s with like Friday the 13th and Jason. And we're like, you know, using those sequels and everything. And yeah, we just did them two at a time. And then once I was going to do volume five because I had two more, but then I was like, well, my, my, now we've got a couple more. Let's just wait and put now them all together and we'll just leave these last couple for the record. Yeah. Nice. So now we've got four that haven't been released along oh, with cool. the other uh, eight, I think. And so now we'll have a 12 song record that that's we're trying to album, finish up. Yeah. Songs, yeah. Well, is there any kind of idea of when that's going to be released? I'm hoping February or March. You know, okay. at this point, I really wanted it to be out now. Like, yeah. I was hoping to release in October because um, a bunch of the song, a couple of the songs have been done for a couple of months. Right. But then one of the songs we just finished maybe like three weeks ago. And then last minute, we went in to record horns for this last song. And I told Zach, since we have the horn players there, why don't we record one of my covers that like I always do in my original gigs. It's yeah. kind of like my cover. Right, yeah. And I've always wanted to record it. I said, why don't we just do it? And yeah. we've got the horn guys there. Let's just, you know, knock it out. And so I'm still we're still waiting for that one to be finished. So that's right. kind of held up, you know, the getting the record done. But now we're just getting too close to the end of the year. I don't think it makes sense to release in like December. Unless it's a Christmas album or yeah, something. Yeah. So I figured, you know, at this point you might as well wait until February, March once people get past the holidays and the new year and all of that and you know, try to give it as as much of an opportunity as possible yeah. to get heard. That's cool. Once you release it, are you planning on um supporting it with shows? Yeah, hopefully. You know, again, yeah. it's trying to find places that down here that are supportive to live music. Or, again, well, if I can put together musicians to do stuff full band, because that's what yeah, I would yeah. prefer to do, yeah. just to yeah, really properly sure. represent, you know, the record. Well, you know, we really like your music. So if you want to come and play the 561 Music Festival, you know, it'd be really awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. On that. Yeah, for be sure. Badass. Yeah, yeah. But the other problem is I don't have an album title name, and I've have not been able to figure one out. So that's the other holdup is, right. you know, I can't, I don't know what to call it and then I've got to get artwork done for it. So yeah. I'm still trying to work that out. Nothing sounds good to me. I feel like every name I come up with sounds cool for a second and then I like say it out loud again and I'm like, no, that's absolute garbage. <laughs> so I know how that feels. Got to work through that it's and been, figure been it out. I was there. in band with Matt Krug, the guy from Propaganda. Do you know that guy? Mm-mm. Anyway, he, he was ran Propaganda at Lake Worth for the longest time. Um, and uh, we couldn't figure out a name for the band, and we just ended up calling it No Name Scar Band because we couldn't mm. think of a name. Like we just gave in in the end. Yeah, we did. My high school band. We were called under construction for a little yeah. while because we were submitting a thing to play our high school talent show, and they needed a name. And we said, "Well, just tell them the names under construction. We'll like we'll tell them here in a little yeah. bit. We're going to figure it out." And they were like, "Well, don't tell them that's the name because they'll think that's the name of the band." Yeah. And then everyone was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." And then it just it just stuck. And you know, again, it wasn't <laughs> the intention, but it ended up just being the name. So. That's awesome. So, you know, talking about playing music, which I guess is what we've been doing this entire time. Yeah. You want to play us a couple of tunes? Yeah, that'd be great. Nice. Let's do it. I've been searching for the one but fine. I'm more starting to reach. And I'm getting closer all the time. It's not easy knowing what you like without being face to face. I just wanna dance into the light. Can you hear me? What are you waiting for? Go on and sing a little bit louder now. Now wanna be everything to you. Can you hear me? Sometimes I wish I was different, but then I wouldn't be me. 
I'm a color on my own Maybe I need a new arrangement, yeah Or something to pass the time So many things I've always thought I've known Can you with me? What are you waiting for? Go on and sing a little bit louder now I wanna be everything to you Can you with me? If I know what I wanna say you quite the same Tell me what you want to hear Can you hear me? What are you waiting for? I go on and sing a little bit louder now And I want to be everything to you Can you Can't wait 
Five Six One Music is brought to you by Handlebars Bar and Grill. It's a biker bar in Tequesta, and if you're driving up US One, you come across it on the right-hand side. It's a, a little bar there. It's bright yellow; you can't miss it with the handlebars on on the sign. And it has a long and storied history. It's been there. It used to be called Judy's, um, and it was run by this guy Victor, who sadly passed this year. R.I.P. Victor. And uh, then my father-in-law took it over, and he's doing a great job up there. There is a bike night every second Thursday of the month, and there is a jam every fourth Sunday of the month, if you're interested in that kind of thing. It's just an all-inclusive, any any kind of music, any style, any ability type of a jam. And there's great beers on tap, and they're wonderful food. Bernsey the chef does a fantastic job. Um, if you're interested in classic cars or classic bikes, there's always that kind of stuff hanging around there. It attracts that sort of a crowd because it's called Handlebars Bar and Grill, so it makes sense. And, um, yeah, you should come swing by. It's uh, it's definitely a local spot and has a lot of character. And there's people who have been going there for decades and decades. It's one of those places that's um, a part of the furniture in Tequesta. And you should definitely come check it out. I um, booked the music for the place and love doing it and um i was a part of helping set the place up and um i'm a huge fan and you should anyone who is interested in biker bars or even if you've just never been to one and you're curious about what a biker bar is about you should go and check out handlebars bar and grill we are also sponsored by oasis root now oasis root carver bar is in sea grape square on indian town road and it is a kava bar. If you don't know anything about kava, it's a Polynesian root that you grind up and you mix with water. And it has been in Polynesia for potentially thousands of years. It's, a, it's an old thing that um, they used for kind of ceremonial and also um, sort of ledger purposes. It, it's meant to be something where, you know, that brings people together. Um, you all 
take a, a shell of kava and chink them together and say bula and have it together like that. It's meant to be something to bring people together. It uh, has a kind of an effect, which is, I guess, a kind of a slightly warming effect. Uh, it just kind of makes you feel uh, uh, nice. It's not particularly intoxicating. It's not like drinking alcohol. So the atmosphere in a kava bar is sort of like um, a cross between a regular bar and uh, a coffee house. It's pretty chill in there. Um, you get all sorts of different types of carver bars. Some of them are more like a club, you know, this sort of like black light and EDM playing. And some of them are more like a cafe. This is one of the cafe type of ones. It's it's super chill in there. If you're looking for somewhere to, I don't know, maybe go and do some work on your laptop or go and have a chat with friends, it's perfect for that kind of thing. There's a foosball table in there if that's your jam. Or baby foot, as they call it in France. And... Uh, yeah, Jim, the owner, is a really cool guy, and he has very kindly sponsored our podcast. So thank you very, very much for that, Jim. They also do a poker night in there, all sorts of things going on at Oasis Root Carver Bar. 561 Music is brought to you by Live Music Community. It's the place that we're recording this podcast in right now. It is a school, but it's also a recording studio and a live streaming venue and we can do all sorts of different things here if you have any kind of project that you're trying to get off the ground then we can film you and help you put together an epk and record a demo for you we can even record you know full albums if if you want we have all the resources here we have a green screen so you can do interesting music videos and stuff like that and some great equipment some really nice black magic cameras and proper recording equipment but really the thrust of the place is that it is a school so um the main thing that we do is help young musicians from you know as young as five to really all the way through to adults but we fo focus mainly on, on the young people and we help them learn what it's like to be in a band so we get them together and um teach them all of so individual lessons, but also in groups. And when we teach them in the groups, it's not just a question of teaching them how to play a whole load of covers. We help them learn how to write their own songs. We encourage them to make merchandise. We teach them the things that could go wrong when they're at a, a gig and all of the little things that you wouldn't necessarily think of that go into what it's like being in a band and how to be a band and how to be professional. And it's great. We've seen great success with these kids. They play fantastically. And I think not only is it a good thing to for people who want to be in a band, just the life skills that go along with it in terms of working as a team and the courage to stand up in front of people to do something are invaluable. And we, you know, we see these kids grow into amazing young adults. We've had a wonderful time doing this and really enjoy it. Justin, who runs the place, Justin Hucker, is a really inspirational leader of, of young people, I have to say. And and I I really enjoy seeing him work with them. And uh, I'm proud to be one of his members of staff. We have uh, it's um, Yaz and, um, and me and, and Justin and Mike Scott and Corey and Ryan are currently um, the members of the team. And we cover all the instruments. Um, a few of us are multi-instrumentalists. And then we have Ryan, who pretty much focuses directly on drums. We've got pretty much everything across the board when it comes to teaching you how to be in a band, teaching you how to play your instrument. And yeah, so that's, that's live music community. Come by and check us out. We are at... 
9091 North Military Trail, um, number 8, and it's Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, 33410. So if you're heading from West Palm Beach north on Military Trail, you, as soon as you go past North Lake on your left, just tuck into the first... Uh, the first little plaza there on your left, and it's in the corner. Come and see us. If you if you just want to come and have a look around, we're open from about 2 p.m. to about, you know, about around 8 or 9 or, um, most days of the week. And then there's usually someone hanging around here on, on weekends too. So anytime you want to swing by, just uh, come and see us. Uh, or if you want to give us a call, look us up online. Just write Live Music Community, and all of our details are there. The number is 561-951-6902. Thank you very much. So seeing as we were talking about live music community, um, do you have any uh, advice for people who are starting on their journey of becoming a musician? I'd say just do it. You know, you just pick up whatever your instrument is, you know, try to learn. I mean, if you if you can find somebody to teach you and all of that, that's great. But I think just having the passion for yourself is a good place to start. You know, when I played guitar, like I said, I want to be a drummer, but kind of picked up guitar on the side i remember just, i had just had a book with like every chord in, or maybe it was actually a, a book that had like the 10 basic chords and so yeah. i learned to play those and then it was like all right let me start with being able to go from one chord to the next to the next and then i just found all right what's the song that i like and i learned to play that song you know you start with yeah. nirvana and then you move to something else and you know then it was like all right well now i like this band let me you know you, you go and buy the the tab book at the guitar store and you just play the record from start to finish and yeah. then you know again you just keep practicing and you, as you learn harder songs they start to teach you things you know yeah. like like and i was big into dave matthews as a kid and the way he plays guitar like taught me different styles and techniques and you know how to stretch the the fingers out a sure. certain way or different chord voicings that i wouldn't have picked up in in a book yeah and you just you know you just got to go through it. Yeah, analyzing your favorite players like that goes a long way. <laughs> I definitely did that with Jimmy Page. I watched this song remains the same video like 40,000 times when I was a kid. Yeah. I, I think the toughest part is you, you just got to stick with it and, and and not give up super easy because at yeah. the beginning it can be frustrating, especially with guitar because you're nothing sounds right. It's hard to get your fingers to get the, cor- the, the, the strings down in the right place so that way it doesn't sound like no noise or like a, a, buzzing, a buzzing sound, sound yeah. and i remember like i couldn't figure out how to do a bar chord forever and i right, yeah. hated it. it just never sound good and then still hate bar one chords. day i could do it and it was like well that's weird how could i do that today and i couldn't yesterday what I eventually my, you'll get it yeah it's what i always tell my students is, you know just keep trying to do it keep trying to do it and eventually it just clicks and, yeah it wasn't and it was literally it just felt like out of nowhere i just i did it and then it, it happened you yeah. know and yeah. it, it was like whoa and now it's like how do you not do it? You can't un, you know, it's like, how did I ever not get this? You know, it just, you just have to stick with it. And one day it just clicks. That's one of the hardest things though, is, is that, uh, you know, that instant gratification, you know, whether you're a kid or whether you're an adult, I mean, it happens with me all the time, you know, like, like I was saying, I've been practicing my my upright a lot and, you know, I went out, I bought a bow. I was going to learn how to start bowing the upright and stuff. And, you know, same thing. I, I started bowing. I practiced it like two times and then I was like, oh yeah, I can't do it. And it wasn't until, um, you know, the episode where with practice warriors and stuff, and, and we were we were talking about practicing stuff that I actually started picking up the bow again and practicing. I'm still terrible at it, but I'm now consciously aware of the fact that it's not an instant thing. And where I may just wake up one day and suddenly it's working, it wasn't instant. I actually had to work to get to that instant right. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, and that was something Christopher Maloney was saying on in the practice warriors episode is that. Even though it does just 
happen eventually, it's because of that incremental, you know, your yeah. hands slowly, slowly getting more and more in the shape and then bop, they're hanging Right. It feels like it just happened, but it didn't just happen. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not great at finger picking, um, but as I've done it more, I'm definitely better at it now than I used to be. And I find myself, because I've been doing it more at home, like when I'm just messing around, maybe trying to be a little bit quieter, so I am not don't want to use a pick, that now I feel a little bit better about it, where now I've actually like written songs from a finger-picking perspective where I never would have considered that before because now I feel like, okay, this is an absolutely terrible and, you know, can't do it as well as, like, some people that I see. But, you know, again, I've got there just because of of repetition and and doing it. And over time now, I I can get to the point where I'm like, all right, I can can do it. It may not be the best thing ever, but I can can fake it. (laughs) Building up that muscle memory slowly but surely. Yeah, exactly. Finger-picking, it was the same with me. I just – I think that I eventually got – to be able to do it just from all of those hours of, of playing around campfires and jamming with my friends when I was young and um, just putting the, the hours and hours and hours in and, you know, slowly stuff starts to click. And I don't think it's a particularly, um, I don't think it's something that is as much in our culture anymore, like working slowly towards a goal, you know, everything is so quick and instant these days. I think, yeah. what, you know, what, I, I don't know if it's necessarily happening more, but I, I'm noticing it more. It might be because I'm getting older or it might be a reality that, you know, kids seem to just not have any attention spans, you know, like uh, some do. But then, you know, a lot of the people that I teach is a big part of it is is just persuading them to stick at it. You know, it's like a lot of a lot of teaching, I find. Uh, um, Yeah. So could you tell us a little bit about the songs you just played for us? Yeah, so the first one is called Hear Me, um, and that's from uh, one of the duo's EPs that came out a couple months ago. Um, it's really just a song about me trying to find the song, right? Like always searching for like the song that you think is going to take you to the next level or might finally get people to pay attention to what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel like, you know, as, as a songwriter, you're kind of always chasing that, you know. But, um, you know, as I've been doing it, you always feel like you get it. And then nothing comes from it. And then so it's like the next time it happens, you're like, okay, well, this is finally the one. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. nothing happens. And so you're like, now you can, you're just continually chasing it. And so that's really kind of like what that one's about. Um, and then the second one was called Be the One. And that's from the record I did in 2019. And, yeah. and that one was uh, my sister got married in 2018, I think it was, and uh, 2017. And my parents were like, well, you're going to sing a song, play, write a song for her for her wedding, right? And I was like, no, (laughs) you know, and they're like, well, you have to. And I was like, look, if I can write one and it's not terrible, then I would be happy to do it. But that's a lot of pressure to like, you know, make me write a song because what if I get up there and it's absolutely terrible? Like, I don't want to ruin somebody's wedding because like, (laughs) oh, look at the bride's brother's got to get up there and show that he's a singer. And like that song was terrible. Like, I don't want to be that guy. Right. So I was really like, I don't know if it's going to happen. Like, if I can make it work, cool. But I went to Michigan to play a gig back home and, um, had some time off and, and my brother-in-law had a guitar and, and I came up with the melody. Again, I, I think I had the music and maybe I had the line, I want to be the one. And that was about it. Cut to like six or seven months later, whatever. And I went to sit down to do it. And I started thinking about like what it means to get married. Like I didn't want to write about their relationship because sure. that's not my story to tell. Yeah. But I thought about like, what does it mean to get married? What's your wedding day like? Thought about my wedding and, mm, and all cool. those kinds of things and thought, let me write a wedding song about like just that day and being with somebody who does that. Yeah. And then the song like kind of just came out. And when I finished it, I was like, okay, this isn't so bad. And yeah. so then I played it at their wedding. They had no clue that I was playing. Oh, nice. And, um, 
and it wasn't very good because I was <laughs> the most nervous I've ever been playing a gig ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've played so many weddings at this point. I don't. I haven't been invited to a wedding and not been asked to play since I was like eighteen. Well, <laughs> this is like I'm playing the song for the first time live, basically. Yeah, you well, know, yeah. and it's for them. And it's, it, it was definitely. It was just again, I wasn't expecting to be at that, but when I was in the moment playing, it was definitely way more nerve wracking than I was expecting. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. But then, um, yeah, we ended up deciding to, to record it, and it was actually the first single I put out from the record. And Zach and did a phenomenal job with the production on it. It's nice. one of my favorite, like you know, recordings. I think they again they took the song like to another level than I yeah, than I was sure. expecting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it turned out turned out well. Nice man. Does so, Zach do all the all the? Sorry, he, do, I, he does. When you say production, is it all the way through mastering and everything? Yeah, or? yeah. Nice. He he does the mastering, the mixing. He also plays guitar, and you know he does a lot of the keys and synths and yeah. stuff. When we have that, you know, usually we have again Fernando on bass, and then. I've kind of had this rotating cast of of drummers that have done it, but um, yeah, for the most part, it's it's been Zach. And then you know, I did one record where it was like every song had horns because I'm a big like Phil Collins and Huey Lewis and sure. stuff like that from the '80s. Like I love bands with horns. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, Real Big Fish, even like the ska yeah. and like those types of stuff. Um, so I I had a song that was very horn heavy and so i've got some horn friends that would come out and play but even like on a couple of these new songs like i found some horn players online and again they just record their stuff wherever they're from and they send me the track and yeah wicked yeah if it ever comes up (laughs) again man get in touch for sure you know i I do a little bit of i do actually quite a lot of um sax session work that's probably the thing i get hit up for most actually yeah yeah i did i had one sax solo on a song that's out called better than that and i found this guy again on instagram because he did a remix for a band that I liked and it was kind of sax centric whereas everyone else's was like electronic centric Sure. and I thought he was a great sax player so we did a song together nice. and then um, uh, he actually did a solo for another song this one that hasn't come out yet and we actually nixed it and swapped it out for a guitar solo because as we kind of got in further into the song uh, one of the guys that is singing backup on it who's a, a singer for a band I was a big fan of growing up you know, he kind of made the suggestion that he thought the sax kind of didn't feel like it fit right in there. Yeah. And the more we talked about it, we kind of felt like, you know, a guitar made more sense. So I ended up getting uh, a guitar player for another uh, musician that I'm a big fan of to play guitar. And he, he did the solo. But Zach had done like all the other guitars. This guy just came in to do, you know, the solo on it because we were trying to find like the right you know vibe for that. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, always just trying to find, like, different people to, to fill in the gaps where you need them. But. Yeah, yeah. No, I like, I I, I respect the, how professionally you take that recording process and that you really want, you know, well-polished, finished product, you know, because not everyone goes to those lengths and has such quality players. I mean, it's Well, impressive. that's why I wanted to work with Zach when we did the record in 2010 because, you know, I was right before I was going to have my first kid and, you know, I didn't know if that meant I was still going to be playing music and be able to record me. You know, I didn't know what being a father was going to bring. How many bring kids do you have now? Two. Right. Yeah, um, I was going to ask you about that, actually. Is it, no. is, it, um, <laughs> is it difficult kind of balancing the, everything? I mean, it can be. You know, job is, you know, can be busy in, in two kids. My wife's a teacher, so she's, you know, busy as well. And so it's, you know, trying to find time for everything. I mean, I used to play a lot of gigs, you know, three, four times a month, which is right. a lot for me, not for, you know, some people. But, you know, it's basically every Friday or Saturday I was playing. And, you know, yeah, it can sometimes be a lot. But, yeah. um, you That's know, again, music is what i love and it's you know when you're really passionate about something you just you make time for it you know again i try to do stuff either late at night when the kids aren't around you know again i may only get the guitar for five or ten minutes one day while they're in the shower or or they're you know away for a minute or whatever and you just try to grab those little moments here and there and and plug it in when you can you know i tell people that a lot the um it when people say oh i don't have time you know my normal response for that is uh 
you know, if you wanted to do it, you'd make time. I'm sure you do stuff in your life that it is time consuming, but you probably do it, you know, because you like it. So, you know, it, it comes down to how much do you want it? You know what I mean? It's, I, it's adjusting the time. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like you, there's only so many things that only so many hours in the day. So if you ha- if you have a lot of passions, you, you can only do so many things like, yeah. you know, you, you can watch a TV show, you can watch a movie, you can play a video game, you can whatever your other hobby is or you know if you're passionate about music like you can do that you know you've if you've got to work and do these yeah. other things in family then maybe the writing a song has got to come at 10 11 o'clock at night because it's the only time you get to do I it i was just gonna say or yeah. you could do like i do and not sleep yeah. um, <laughs> um, so your kids are what now like 10 12 uh, 11 my daughter's 11 and my son is six okay yeah, nice. yeah. good stuff man yeah i can um, imagine juggling that uh juggling juggling that age right now with everything going on and then trying to still do the music and and, and everything else so yeah but when i did that record i was like if this is the last one i ever make like i want it to be the best sounding thing that i've ever done and i was really impressed with zach's work works prior and you know then we we did that record and we've just kept working i think we've done like over 30 songs together now in in, you know 10 plus years so it you know it it worked out better than i was expecting at the time but again the goal was like this has got to be professional because i don't want if you don't like the music, you don't like my songwriting, that's totally cool, right? Everyone's subjective, it, it, it's, yeah. it's subjective, you know. But I don't want it to be like, well, the song's cool, but man, that recording is it just doesn't sound good because you didn't have yeah. the right musicians or the recording isn't very good. Like sure, I wanted sure, sure. I wanted the music to stand on its own. So like again, if you don't like it, no big deal. Yeah. But like yeah. it's not because it wasn't, it wasn't done properly. Right, right. Yeah. No, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense to me. You brought um a really interesting guitar. That I'm really interested to hear you just tell a, a, a little bit about it because I've never seen it before actually. Yeah. yeah, so it's a it's a Gibson Chet Atkins SST. Um, you can see I've got some some war marks on it. Yeah, dude. Um, all the best you know, guitars do. That's from from beating it up over the years. But I've had that guitar since I was 18, um, wow. and it's been through a lot. It's it's a it's an acoustic electric guitar. Uh, what's kind of interesting about it is it's it's all solid wood yeah. all the way through. Um, and what I really liked about it uh, was it's thin like an electric. Yeah. So, you know, most ele- acoustics are really fat. And so you, sometimes you, your arm goes over it and your arm kind of falls asleep and you, sure. it takes a while to get used to that. This, you don't have to deal with that. And then the, the frets are also a little bit smaller, too. So you could really stretch out and get um, some nice chord progressions. Uh, again, more like an electric guitar. The, the frets are a little bit closer together compared to like a regular acoustic. So it just plays really, really nicely. Um, when I play live and you, know, you get to play through a proper sound system, it just it's so loud the the output level on it for whatever reason is just always much hotter than other guys guitars so usually the sound people have to like turn me down because the input level is like way higher than they were expecting yeah but it sounds awesome when you can play it through like a, a really nice sound system so again no feedback which is great um but i just i love the way that it plays and because i play a little bit on the percussive side it allows me to do that, and I'm not getting again any weird noises that come along with it. So you can get up to 24 frets, do you? You can do two octaves on it. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a really interesting guitar. I mean, I guess not on all the strings, but on the ones that you probably need to. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. So man. yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, that's that's my guitar, you know. And again, yeah. I've had it for so long now, and they don't make them anymore. So it's like if anything ever happened to it, I'd just be like oh, crushed because <laughs> I just I've yet to find another yeah. guitar that I like playing live or I like the way it sounds live as much. Yeah. You know, I'll hear other people play guitars. And I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. 
But if I tried to do it, I don't feel like I would like the way I sound playing through that same guitar right, sometimes, right. Yeah, you know? Yeah, no, So, totally. yeah, it's... Finding your axe is very important. And that's a really cool one. I was Googling it um, earlier just to kind of check it out. And, yeah, they, you know, they don't run cheap either. It's a nice guitar, man. Yeah, yeah. I think it might have been just a little under two grand when I, when I bought it, you know? Yeah. Uh, actually, I think my parents probably bought it for me or I put some money towards it. So thanks, Mom and Dad, yeah, uh, you know, for the help on that. But... Uh, yeah, now yeah, it's probably they're probably still pretty expensive just because they don't make them and they're hard to find. You know, I'm sure if anyone's selling them, they're probably trying to get a decent amount for it. But yeah, uh, yeah. you know, sometimes you just don't know what condition it's in, used, and and all of that. Yeah. So no, it's 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 super badass. So um, what have you got coming up? Is there anything that we should know about? In terms of the future? I mean, just the new record yeah. uh, is kind of the big thing that, that I'm looking forward to getting out there, uh, the, especially the last uh, three songs, you know, are, are probably my three yeah. favorite um, that, that I've got coming. Uh, one of the songs, you know, we talked about the one that I played today being Chasing the Song. To yeah. me, this is the song, you know, but I've had this feeling before, um, but I think it's the best song that I've ever written, you know, as far as like hooky, catchy wise and all of that, um, melodically. Uh, you know, I'll send stuff to Zach ideas and usually he's like, yeah, I think it's cool. Finish it. You know, finish that out. It's, you know, good start or something like that. When I sent him this one, he was like, that's it. Dude. Yeah. Like, you know, he was super excited. Yeah. It was a different level We're of excitement than otherwise. <laughs> not, not, not that. I don't think any of us have delusions We're of like, you know, I'm not going to be on, on the radio or anything. But I think we felt like, all right, this this is a you know really good this one, you it, know, yeah. and um, the production's on it's great. I've got uh, a guy that's sing, is singing back up on it that was in a band that I was a huge fan of growing up. So I was really excited about that because, yeah. you know, anytime you can work with like somebody that you look up to, it's always pretty cool. Absolutely. Um, and then, like I so said, we had to add the guitar player in and he he plays uh, guitar for Edwin McCain, who's one of my favorite uh, musicians. So to have him nice. playing guitar on it was really great. Um so I'm excited about it. But then, you know, one of the other songs is one of my favorite songs. Like, it may not be my best song, but for me personally, it's one that started out finger-picking. Yeah. Um, and I actually think I recorded it finger-picking as well. You know, so it's kind of a cool little melody line. But, um, yeah, I'm just excited to get it out there. You know, I was concerned when we did the last record because I thought that was the best stuff I'd done at the time. Like, man, how am I sure. going to write better songs than this, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think there's a lot of songs in here. Like as a whole, I think this is just as good, if not better, than the last one. And that's surprised. You know, you you do something, and you always think it's the best thing you did until you do the next thing. Yeah, that's the best. When you've done it, you can't imagine how. Like how how do I top this? You know, and um, I I I I like that. Maybe every musician thinks this, but I like that. I feel like I've always gotten better as I've gotten older. You know, I listen to some of the stuff from back in college where I'm like. I don't know how anybody gave us a shot listening because those songs were not good or we didn't sound good. But, you know, maybe that's how every musician feels. But, you know, sometimes you have a lot of people that it's like I'll ask them their favorite song and they'll tell me one from like, I'm like, really? That's the song that you (laughs) think is my favorite of yours? Like, or your your favorite of mine? Like, that's crazy to me because this song here is like 10 times better than that one, you know, but. Yeah, yeah. People, I have. Again, their, it comes back to that subjective thing, you know. Well, and I think people have attachments from when they first discovered mm-hmm. a, a person. You yeah. know, um, you know, if you came into a band on album four, you might like album four the best. Whereas, yeah. like the band people that start at the beginning probably oh, think 100%. album number one is the best. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. You know, you ever sent anything? Uh, you were saying like you sent stuff to Zach, and he's like, "Yeah, that's good. You know, finish it." You ever sent anything to him, and, and he goes, "Um." You got anything else? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There'll be ideas. So I've had there'll be ideas where I I get done and I'm like, this is really cool. And again, I'm sending him really really rough stuff. So I appreciate that he like listens to my like absolute garbage with nonsense lyrics and terrible <laughs> recording. But I'll be like, hey, what do you think about this? You know, it's like kind of just a, a rough idea. And he'll be like, eh. 
Yeah. I think you've got better stuff, or <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. You well, know, that's, and that's if, good because you don't. Want, if he was just always super encouraging, you wouldn't even know. You wouldn't trust his judgment. No, no, you're right. And at, at the time when you know you're in the middle of coming up with an idea that you think is great, and you're like really excited about it, when you kind of get shot down, you're like that. You're like. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer. But then later, again, I've got all these voice notes of all these different yeah. ideas. And I go back and listen to some of those that I never did anything more with. And I'm like, yeah, that was a good call. Our banjo player, James, which, by the way, is his birthday today. So happy birthday, yeah, James. Happy birthday, James. James. Um, he's, uh, he's like that. He's he's uh, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Give his shirt off his back. Um, but but if there's if there's any reason to push back, he will push back. And, yeah. and, and at first you may be like, what the hell? And then in retrospect, you're like, yeah, I needed that. Yeah. <laughs> need to have good people around you that yeah. aren't He's just going to give you He's honest. the answer that you want. You know, yeah. like hopefully we'll give you on it good honest feedback because yeah. if you don't then how are you going to get better and yeah. you know you might not be putting your best foot forward. Yeah. It's actually the thing, you know, one of the things that I really appreciate about him is that um his ability to tell you how he feels about something, you know, on sort of varnished you know he'll just give it to you he's like oh this is why i think oh, of that. unapologetic just, yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah he just goes there and he'll tell you so um he's away at the moment at a banjo camp he is so at a banjo he's gone camp. to banjo ben's <laughs> nice. camp in texas which is pretty amazing awesome. I, I, look i give him huge props man he he said he wanted to do something fun for his 40th birthday and we were all kind of, you know, spitballing ideas. And he decided that this this Banjo Ben guy that he follows online and, and takes his lessons online and stuff, he just, uh, the guy was having a camp and he decided that he was going to go away to this camp. So he's there by himself. Like, awesome. I, I don't travel by myself. I think yeah. that's, for me, that's just, I don't know, I'm not a people person. So, But, right, yeah. but for James, like, man, that's that's awesome that he's just it's decided cool. I'm going to do it and he's doing it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love that. And, and, you know, it makes me happy too because – it's just a sign that he's taking what we're doing in the band seriously, you know, yeah. like, which is just great. I love it. Yeah, that's great. Um, so he's actually away, which means that Hector and I are playing the Square Grouper um, as a duo. We have never done that before. We have never done that. I don't think we've ever played as a duo. No. No. James yeah. and I tried to play as a duo once. It was, <laughs> it was really horrible. We, we missed you really bad that night. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, it'll be fine. I've, I've done, done stuff like that before with a bass player, and I just played the feet drums, sit on a chair it'll be it's awesome. gonna be a little awkward because because the reality is you're gonna be playing guitar you're gonna be singing gonna sax out there. you're gonna be playing a kick drum with your left foot and you're gonna be playing a snare drum with your right foot and then everybody's gonna look at me and go what the hell's that guy doing except <laughs> only one instrument what is wrong what, with you only four strings <laughs> what the hell man except, I, I know i always say this but i do genuinely believe it is that the stand-up bass is worth like 20 instruments. It's yeah. the coolest thing ever, you know. Yeah. It, looks, it really it looks good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It absolutely It makes does. me look good. <laughs> yeah, 100% it does. So, yeah, that's going to be from 3 to 6 on Saturday. And um, I also should mention that I'm having a wonderful time this week. My parents came to visit. Woo-hoo. So thanks for coming, Mum and Dad. It's nice to see you Hi, on Mom, the side Dad. of the Atlantic. <laughs> Doesn't happen now. I, lately, since COVID and everything, has been really hard, you know. You really realize that you, you live... At, in a foreign country when something like that happens. Yeah. Because all the rest of the time, it's like, oh, I could just go and see him whenever. But then when you can't, you're like, oh, you feel the distance. It's yeah, weird. there's all these restrictions that had never been there before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's rough. 
But anyway, they're here right now. We went to the Morikami Gardens today. That was a good one. I got married. Really? Is it really? Oh, we yeah. were talking about that. I was saying how if we ever renewed our vows like Hector just did, we would do it there. That's cool. It was great. You the, wouldn't do it at the Rock and Roll Chapel? <laughs> <laughs> the, the only thing that we were concerned about was, that, you know, because it's outdoors, if the if it rained, the, the backup option just was it's it, i think it was still would have been nice but it's nowhere near as nice as obviously sure. right along the water and all of that so it was kind of like you know when you get one of those outdoor venues that it's known for like the outdoor setting if that falls yeah. through you're kind of it's oh, just so it's kind were, of a bummer you were afraid show. of a cancellation yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. full oh. circle oh. yeah see started and ended with it <laughs> yeah but it worked out as gorgeous right along you know and they do everything it's nice because everything's right there yeah you know so yeah it's i i like when you don't not going from like one venue to the other and, and all that you know yeah. you had had the wedding at the end of the night right before the sun went down and then you went up a couple of steps and you've got the bar for a happy hour and then you go down and there's all the tables for the, for the deal place. so yeah it was yeah. it was really cool yeah. yeah they do it all up with these really nice lights it was yeah. it was very cool were you allowed to walk around it at night too was that a thing or did they i kinda... don't remember i mean honestly you know i mean your wedding night you're so busy running around from different yeah. places and it happens Slash it goes by so yeah thing. it goes by so quickly i don't know if anybody left i mean i i didn't because we were you know trying to see relatives and people that had come out of town but i don't know if they would have let you walk around it or not um, right okay well i'll find out. if we ever do intent if we ever do do that i could just ask them, yeah. I guess. but yeah um thanks so much for coming man no i it's, appreciate you guys having yeah, me it's yeah. been yeah. It's sure. been a privilege to to get to chat to you like this, and you, and you're really, you're really great. Like you know, and like I was saying before, if you, we can get you on the festival, we'd love that. Yeah, that'd be great. We'd love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice one. Sure. We won't tell Ricky that you're uh, <laughs> you're not technically in the festival. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, best of luck to you, man. Yeah, man. You know, no, thank keep you. at it. And yeah. as yeah, as always, five six one music dot com. All the links are there for. For listening to the podcast, for watching the podcast, for donating to the podcast, for sponsoring the podcast. Um, uh, eventually, uh, of course, Kill Billies is on there as well. Eventually, we're going to have uh, we're going to re-update the website and um, and everything for the festival coming up in in April, April first. Yeah. It is not an April Fool's joke. We are doing the festival again at Matthews Brewing, and it will be April first, twenty twenty three. Or is it a joke? No, it, is, it is not a joke, yes, and, no, and we will not cancel for wind. <laughs> oh, I promise you, you that. I tell you what, if it's super windy, we just have to put it on just because. Right, you April know? Fools. <laughs> yeah, you can't um, cancel now. But yeah, we, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're we're gonna start. Uh, I think uh, probably soon. We're gonna start deliberating and and talking amongst ourselves about bands and and things like that. And and hopefully uh, by January one, our goal is to uh, announce a. A, a preliminary list of artists that will be joining us, and then we'll start doing pre-sales. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. So, uh, like, subscribe, send us money. You know the drill. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. See ya. Yeah. Thanks. Take a better scene.